Welcome, and may the Lord be with you. We are excited to have you with us today as we listen to this week's sermon from Blue Ridge Anglican Mission in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Let's listen in. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. If you remember and recall last week, we talked about anxiety and that that we need to remember God's care for us in order to combat that anxiety. We are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and that all these things will be added to us. Now, this is a topic that I have been giving a lot of thought to here lately. Uh, uh, it's, it's ironic or funny, not, but not haha funny, that Monday night, even after I preached last Sunday, I was in Walmart doing a little shopping, and I had a full-blown uh, anxiety attack. The, uh, the feeling like there's an elephant sitting on my chest, I can't breathe, I feel like I'm having a heart attack type anxiety attack. So the, the question becomes, where do we go when troubles come our way? Where, where do we flee when times are bad? What do we do? You see, the truth is that we will be facing troubles for the rest of our lives. The scriptures are clear that we will continue to live in this fallen world and we will continue to battle with flesh. And the question becomes, just how do we persevere? How do we move forward with uncertainty and trials and troubles? What do we do when we just don't know? What hope do we have? What hope do we have to share with the world? In Ephesians 3, the Apostle Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. And this prayer may be one of the the most spiritually rich and encouraging passages to be found in all of the Bible. And I believe it is this scripture that we should go back to often to see the truth and beauty and hope that Paul gives. So why should we continue to hope in the midst of it all? Well, the first thing that we see is that there is this indwelling of Christ. In verse 16, Paul prays that God would grant the Ephesians, to be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in their inner being so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. What is Paul talking about here? What is this, this first thing we're looking at here this morning? Paul is praying that the Father would grant the Holy Spirit to come and bring you strength and to strengthen you with power. Unfortunately, we are weak, not muscle weak, but we're weak because we always need grace. We always need mercy. We always need love and peace. We're always in need of God. We're always in need of his divine intervention in our lives. And our loving Father, who knows that, doesn't leave us on our own, but instead sends the Holy Spirit to strengthen us with power for a reason. Now, what is that reason? And so in Scripture, or when reading just anything, and you read the words, so that, what it's doing is telling you what, a, what the reason is. And so the reason is given in this text is 
he's sending the Holy Spirit to strengthen us with power. What's the reason? So that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. It's so important that Christ dwells in our hearts that Paul prays that God might grant the Spirit to come and to prepare us, to strengthen us with power so that this might take place, this, this indwelling of Christ. Now, it's not that we don't have Christ now today. That's not the point. The word, the word used here for dwell is not the word used that refers to a temporal inhabiting. But it's instead the word that's used to mean a more permanent dwelling, a permanent residence. So the emphasis here is on permanent, permanent residence. You see, Christ is not a sojourner. He's not a nomad. He wants to find a permanent home in your heart and your life. Now, not only when it's convenient, not only when he's needed, but at all times. As the commentator Wu says, that Christ might finally settle down and feel completely at home in your hearts. It's a deeper and fuller experience of Christ dwelling in you. I think sometimes we have too often talked about Christ indwelling in a way that minimizes that importance. We've used phrases like receiving Christ into your heart or Christ coming into your heart that have become meaningless mumbo-jumbo. But let me assure you that the one by whom all things were created and the one who on his back took the sins of the world dwelling in you is not meaningless. Perhaps it's the most meaningful thing that Christ would dwell in you, that the Son of God would dwell in you. It's not just emotional mumbo-jumbo, but one of the great mysteries of this world that the Son of God would come and dwell in men and women. Now, in verse 18, we see the second thing, and Paul prays the most amazing thing. It, it, it just blow your mind. He prays that we would have the power or strength to grasp or comprehend how wide and long and deep the love of Christ is. So the first thing we saw was there's the indwelling of Christ. The second thing we see is that there is an incomprehensible love. Paul is praying that we would be able to have the strength and power to be able to comprehend just how great Christ's love is. That's because his love is wide, it's long, it's deep. It's immeasurable, it's incomprehensible. That's why he prays that you might be able to comprehend. You see, knowing Christ's love is a never-ending process because it is completely and fully unknowable. You will never get to the end of his love and say, I found it. Here it is. See, look right here, guys. See, see this? Yep, found it. Found the end of God's love. You'll never get to that point because there is no end to the love of Christ. There is no measure for which you can understand his love. Don't get too focused on the idea of trying to grasp or comprehend it, but just know that you will never be able to fully grasp it. There was no length to which Christ did not go for you. In verse 19, we see the third thing, which is that Paul prays that you might be filled with the fullness of God. So we see there's 
an indwelling of Christ. We see there's an incomprehensible love. Now we see there's a filling with fullness. I think Paul is praying that we will be filled and filled and filled and filled. And so on and forever. As God out of his infinite resources increasingly pours himself out into the sinful but now redeemed creatures he has rescued through the work of Christ. A never-ending feeling. It's an infinite feeling. It's not, not a feeling like how do you feel or touch feel. It's that we're talking about a feeling like a cup. A constant pouring of the water into the cup. And it's continually filling the water into the cup. It's a continual filling up. It's a, it's a less, of, less of me and a more of him type transaction we're talking about. Because the truth is this. Is that we are all filled with something. Pride. Hate. Anger. Sadness. Depression. Loneliness. Anxiety. We, we, we're all filled with something, but what Paul is telling us is that through the Holy Spirit, we will be filled with God. And that feeling is over and over and over, forever and ever. Amen. I remember that when I first became a Christian that we would say that being a Christian is becoming more and more like Christ, that each day we are becoming little Christ. That's what Christian means, little Christ. But it seems like for whatever reason, I don't hear nor do I use that language as much anymore. I'm not, not sure why. It's, it's very biblical. This idea of becoming more like Christ and being united to him in a real way. I mean, St. Peter said that we would become partakers of the divine nature. You know, many traditions try to explain this process or explain how this works. And they use different words and they explain it in different ways. But regardless of what it is called and how it is nuanced, the idea that we will become more and more like Christ and that Christ will more and more fill us is not new but quite old. And it's biblical. And Paul's prayer here is that we would be filled with God's fullness. So this morning, in this passage, in this prayer, we see some very beautiful and rich things. Things that we all need to hear. Things that we all need to be reminded of. Things that we need to remember. And that's that Christ dwells with us. That he takes up residence in us. That the Son of the Most High is dwelling in our hearts and in our lives. And that we... Learn that God's love for us is incomprehensible, so much so that Paul needed to pray that we would have the strength to even begin to understand it or grasp it. That we might be filled with the fullness of God. That we may be emptied of us and our wants and our sin and our selfishness and our depression and our anxiety and our hurt and be filled with God. I find unbelievable words of comfort here in this prayer because our God is not some distant and cold God, nor is he some emotional best buddy Jesus. But he is the sovereign God who loves us, loves us so much so that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. And he loves us so much so that we will never find the end of that love and will never fully comprehend or grasp that love because it is completely incomprehensible. 
and his son, Jesus, dwells with us and fills us with all fullness. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Blue Ridge Anglican Mission. We are a parish of the Orthodox Anglican Church that is situated in the beautiful mountains of Hendersonville, North Carolina. If you want to learn more, check us out at blueridgemission.org. Now, let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord.